The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of this station. Content is for educational purposes only. Consult a financial advisor or conduct your own due diligence of investing. Calls are pre-screened and the show was pre-recorded earlier this week. Rick is with Edelman Financial Engines, a part of Financial Engines Advisors, LLC, and the investment advisor that furnishes this program. Barron's ranks financial advisory firms based on assets managed, team size, experience, and regulatory record. Firms self-nominate. Investment returns and experience are not considered. Advisors in the Hall of Fame have been in the top 100 for 10 plus years. Future performance is not guaranteed. This is the Rick Edelman Show. Barron's ranks Edelman Financial Engines the number one independent investment advisor in the country. And Rick is in the Barron's Financial Advisor Hall of Fame. Now, here's Rick Edelman. Welcome to the Rick Edelman Show. Thanks for hanging around with me this weekend. Glad you're along for the party. Uh, Before we get into what's going on this week, I need to go backwards to last week and a few months ago to bring you up to speed on a couple of stories. First, uh, I told you last week that Maryland had passed a new law taxing the revenue of digital advertisers, meaning Facebook and Amazon and other social media sites, Google and so on, are all now going to have to pay to the state of Maryland a tax based on the revenue they generate from online ads. And it's such a big number that they generate in revenue, hundreds of billions of dollars in gross revenues per year, that Maryland's cut based on the new tax would be $250 million a year in revenue to the state of Maryland. Well, that's just Maryland. Imagine what the revenue would be from other states if they were to follow suit. And as you would expect, a lot of them are following suit. Well, that was last week. This week, there are lawsuits filed in the state of Maryland to stop this new bill. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the Internet Association, NetChoice, and the Computer and Communications Industry Association, which represents, you guessed it, Facebook, Google, and Amazon. They have all filed lawsuits saying that this new bill is unconstitutional. So we're going to have to wait and see how this plays out. Another story that I brought to you a couple of months ago has to do with the vaccine. When we were all very excited at the early news of the vaccine's approval from the FDA, there was a lot of question from consumers asking, should I be the first to get in line to take the vaccine? Because this is something brand new. Never before have we been able to produce a vaccine so quickly, only a matter of months. It has taken generally decades to produce other vaccines. We still don't have one for the AIDS virus, for example. And yet we were able to miraculously, thanks to innovative technologies, produce a vaccine in record time. It has raised questions from some folks saying, is it safe? Can I trust it? And so I brought to you months ago when this was news, the information that I had been provided from many members of the medical community and those in the infectious disease communities. And what they were generally telling me is that very famous line from the movie Indiana Jones. Very dangerous. You go first. You go first. In other words, let's wait and see over the next four to five to six months 
how this is faring in the marketplace. First, is it in fact safe? Second, is it in fact successful? Is it effective at preventing disease, reducing the severity of disease if you are infected? And the general consensus, as I had mentioned to you back then, is by the time you're probably allowed to get the shot, since most folks are under the age of 65 and healthy, it'll probably be the summertime before you're able to get the shot. And by then, we'll have the answer to those questions as to whether it's safe and effective. Well, here we are in February. It's not June. It's only February. But already, we have amassed an incredible amount of data such that the medical community is now telling me on a consensus basis that you really don't need to wait until June any longer. We have seen sufficient evidence because of the tens of millions of vaccines that have been administered, not just in the U.S., but worldwide, from all of the different vaccine manufacturers, that this is proving to be highly effective, more than 90%, as much as 95% effective, and extraordinarily safe, at least for now, maybe 20 or 30 years from now, we might discover something else if you like Hollywood movie scenarios. But the bottom line is we aren't seeing a credible array of side effects or adverse reactions or what have you. And as a result, the very folks who were telling me four months ago, let's give it till the summertime of 2021, all of them are now telling me there's no reason to delay. If you are eligible for the vaccine, there's no reason for you not to get the shot. And so that's what I went and did. So I am here to tell you that I have taken the first of the doses. Jean hasn't yet because she doesn't qualify yet. Jean's too young and healthy, uh, something we all, uh, I think, have a little bit of jealousy about, right? Uh, youth and, and vitality. So uh, bottom line is, I don't believe that you need to wait until summertime. I'm not a medical expert. You should rely on your physician based on your circumstances. But I just wanted to give you this update because the last time I talked about it was several months ago. Let's shift over to current news and information of what's going on in the marketplace right now. And we're going to begin with where people are financially and how they're feeling about it. The average U.S. household has about $8,000 in credit card debt, and 20% of those households think they're going to miss a credit card payment this year. We're talking 47 million Americans. In addition to all that, we've just completed a very significant set of survey research here at Edelman Financial Engines. We did this in conjunction with the Bipartisan Policy Center and the Funding Our Future Coalition, which I founded with the BPC, all as part of America Saves Week. And our survey research in the past couple of weeks has revealed that 35% of Americans, one out of three, believe that their personal financial situation is today worse than it was a year ago. 40% of working Americans say they've had difficulty paying for a personal expense. A third are living paycheck to paycheck. And 20% have had to borrow from their retirement accounts in the past year. This is clearly a dire situation for millions of Americans. It is the classic K recovery. If you're doing well, you're now doing better. If you've been doing poorly, you're now doing worse. So what can we do? 
to help people who are struggling, living paycheck to paycheck? Well, it's remarkably simple and easy, and the workers themselves who we surveyed provided us with the answer. Here's what it comes down to. Do you ever notice that you've often had the conviction, the, the promise that you've made to yourself, I'm going to save money this month? Do you remember when you were young, not making a whole lot of money, and you had a lot of bills, and you were determined, I'm going to save money? The problem is, at the end of the month, by the time you've paid all your bills, there's no money left over. And therefore, you're not able to save. And that's a real challenge. When you're living paycheck to paycheck, it's hard to have any money left after you pay for food and rent and medicine and utilities and clothes for the kids and put gas in the car and on and on and on. There's just no money left over. And this is why, as you just heard me recite, the statistics of a third of Americans living paycheck to paycheck in credit card debt that they can't afford to pay and so on. Well, here's the simple solution. You can't spend money that you don't already have, right? Think about that for a minute. Why don't we make savings automatic? This is what we do with retirement savings, don't we? You contribute to a retirement plan at work, your 401k or 403b or the thrift savings plan in the federal government. Whatever it is you have available to you from your employer, you save automatically. The money comes out of your paycheck and is immediately diverted into the 401k. Because the money is diverted from your paycheck, when you get your net pay, you've already saved. And you're now free to spend all of your paycheck because the savings has already been done. That works really well for retirement savings. But what about emergency savings? And that's what our survey revealed. 42% of those surveyed say they want their employers to create an automatic savings account for them. Take some of my paycheck and set it aside in a bank account, in a money market account, in a cash reserves account. I don't care about getting a tax deduction for it, and I'm not worried about how to invest it. I want a rainy day fund. You, my employer, do it for me. If I'm making $1,000 a week, take 50 bucks and set it aside in a rainy day fund. So send me 950. This way, I'll spend my net pay as I always do. I'll be broke at the end of the month like I always am, but I'll have that 50 bucks in the rainy day fund, which I can tap into any time I need if a crisis emerges like the car breaking down or what have you. This can be an extraordinarily easy, simple way for employers to help their employees build cash reserves. It doesn't take a lot of effort. It doesn't require a lot of fuss because we're not trying to get tax benefits for it. They're not dealing with investment management questions and eligibility issues. It's just an optional opportunity, and it's a wonderful new way for employers to consider helping their employees who are struggling living paycheck to paycheck. This situation is dire, and we have to deal with it, and we're really excited here at Edelman Financial Engines to be participating in America Saves Week, and we'll be talking more about that later on in the program. So stay tuned for that and a lot more coming up here on The Rick Edelman Show. Stay with us. More. 
the publisher of the newsletter Inside Personal Finance. Coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. He flew fighter jets in two wars and taught you how to drive a car. He fed everyone on the block but never shared his secret recipes. And every time he'd tell a story, he'd own the room. But now more than ever, he may feel alone. Today, older adults and their loved ones are struggling to connect in a time when connection has never been more important. But there is something we can do. Embrace our older loved ones through StoryCorps Connect. With StoryCorps Connect, you can honor seniors remotely with an interview about their life. Every interview will be archived at the Library of Congress, becoming part of American history, so that years from now, future generations can listen in. All right, Grandpa, what's one piece of advice you have for me? Just three words, sweetheart. Live with courage. The man that had the best stories still has plenty of stories to tell. So connect virtually and share the conversation of a lifetime at StoryCorpConnect.org slash AARP. Connect, honor, share. StoryCorp Connect. A message from AARP, StoryCorps, and the Ad Council. Buying or selling a home should be easier. Don't do it the old-fashioned way. Use Farah. Go to Farah.com, F-A-I-R-A.com. Real estate, real smart. We are all about your experience. We are. We are. We are. Subaru of Puyallup. Your stress-free. 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 Stress-free dealership. Nearly half the homes in western Washington are not properly insulated or not insulated at all. Sound like your home? Then call for a free inspection. Insulationnorthwest.com. Just got some great news. You can sell your home in two days. This is Colleen O'Brien. Mike Novak can sell your home in just two days or he makes no commission. Mike Novak is the real estate agent I personally recommend. That's because Amy and Everett, she sold her home in just one one day, eleven grand over list price. Chris in Tequila, two days, forty thousand over list price. So get Mike Novak today. Mike is brokered by Keller Williams PNW. Just go to listwithnovaknovak.com. Welcome back to the Rick Edelman Show. Last segment, I talked about the fact that I've gotten uh, my first shot of the vaccine and that Gene has not because Gene is younger and healthier and doesn't qualify yet due to the limited distribution uh, availability of the shots so far. And that raises an interesting personal finance conversation. Rick, you might be asking, don't you feel guilty getting the shot when your wife can't or hasn't gotten the shot. And yeah, to be honest with you, I did wrestle with that and struggle with that notion. It's sort of like saying, hey, there's only one seat in the lifeboat. I'm taking it, honey. And doesn't that create a level of guilt and hesitation? And I had a conversation with my physician about this, and he was adamant. He was very blunt about it, and he made me realize in the course of the conversation he had with me that it was the same conversation I had with Oprah about 15 or 20 years ago. What my doctor said to me is, Rick, you need to get the shot even if Gene can't or won't or doesn't or what have you. You need to do it even if she doesn't for the simple reason it's better to have one sick person than two sick people. After all, if one spouse gets infected with COVID, Odds are pretty good they're going to infect the other spouse, right? Just simply because of the nature of the lifestyles. And what good would it do to have two of you potentially very ill 
and even worse, potentially very ill at the same time. So it's very important that we get at least one of you protected in case the other one then becomes ill. And that logic makes total sense to me. And I'll take it a step further. It reminds me of a conversation I had with Oprah. Back in the 90s, I was on Oprah uh, five times in a single year. And they told me at the time that this was a record in terms of the number of appearances by an advice-type guest uh, in a single year. Oprah really loved my book, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Wealth. Uh, and frankly, thanks to her and my appearance on the show, it immediately went to number one New York Times. Oprah had the incredible power, as we all know, of turning books into instant number one bestsellers, for which I am forever grateful. And there was a conversation at one point uh, on one of these many programs that I did with Oprah Winfrey about this issue of wealth, wealth accumulation and wealth distribution within a family. And the context was, to what extent do you financially help a member of your family? And my answer was, you only help them after you have taken care of yourself. Now, at first, this sounds very selfish and rude. What do you mean, help them only after you've helped yourself? Well, if you're hungry, it doesn't put you in a position to help someone else who's hungry. If you're weak, you can't help others become strong. We need to help you take care of you so that you're capable and able to help others. And the analogy, the example I used was of Oprah herself. Oprah has one of the best reputations of any celebrity in the world, and frankly, rightly so. I'm a huge fan of Oprah in every respect, personally, as well as professionally and as a broadcaster. And I could spend a lot of time talking about that if you wanted. One of the things that makes Oprah so wonderful is her humanity and her generosity. And I don't have to share with you how generous a person Oprah is. Everybody knows it. We also all know that Oprah is a billionaire several times over, one of the most successful celebrities in the world. But I just want to put a simple question to you, and I put this question to Oprah's audience. Before Oprah was famous, before she became wealthy, was she able to help as many people as she helps now? And of course the answer is no. What we've learned in our experience here at Edelman Financial Engines in dealing with so many thousands of, of individuals and families and getting to know them intimately and serving people for so many decades, which is what sets us apart as a financial advisor to merely financial pundits. The difference between me and someone who just writes books or someone who's just on TV or someone who just does a radio show uh, or someone who just hosts a website, is that in addition to my doing all those things, I'm an actual real financial planner. We have long-term relationships with individuals and families. We get to know them very well, and we get to know their families very well. We grow up together. And we've known, in many cases, a lot of my clients for 30-plus years. What I can tell you about people is the following. Money doesn't change people. It simply exaggerates them. In other words... Nice guys become nicer, and jerks become bigger jerks the more money they get. Oprah was an incredibly nice person. 
period. Fundamentally, it's in her DNA. It's a part of her soul. She is a generous, warm, giving person. And when she became a billionaire, it made her more generous than ever before. She didn't suddenly become generous as a billionaire, and she didn't suddenly decide not to be generous because she became a billionaire. She simply has used her wealth to reflect who she is. And that is my point. We need to be who we are. We need to strengthen ourselves. And if that means we need to say no to a member of our family who's asking us for money, because giving them the money would weaken us, would threaten our financial security, place us in financial jeopardy should something go wrong to us. Oh, we can't rely on, don't worry, I'll pay you back. Oh, if you ever need the money, I'm here for you. Nonsense. If that were the case, you wouldn't be needing the money for me now. The vast majority of loans we give to friends and family, let's admit it, they're not loans, they're gifts. And as soon as we try to pretend they're loans, we're kidding ourselves, and you have to ask yourselves the question, what are you willing to lose, the money or the friend? Because you're not going to get one of them back. So when it comes to helping others, yes, help to the greatest extent that you can, but not to the extent that you are damaging your own future financial security. Just as my physician said to me, I understand that you would rather get the shot at the same time as Jean. It's not practical. And if you choose to wait until she is ready for the shot, then you're increasing your risk unnecessarily and to no valuable end. And that is why we need to recognize we're married to someone of a different age than us someone with a different health situation than us. We can't allow us to say out of guilt or anything else, I'm going to wait so we can do it together. Each of us individually must get the shot and then move on. You're listening to The Rick Edelman Show. You know, we often talk about exponential technologies and the latest innovations. Check this out. General Motors says they're going to spend $27 billion over the next five years to develop electric cars, and self-driving vehicles. Electric vehicles are only 2% of GM's sales so far, so you can imagine there's going to be a massive increase. Ford says they're spending $12 billion over the next five years. Volkswagen is spending $41 billion. This new technology is going to have an incredible impact, all of it good. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the NHTSA, say that quickly, says in 2018, 2,100 people were killed in accidents involving a driver 15 to 18 years of age. Well, now these new technologies are allowing parents to set speed limits on their cars, don't let sound systems to switch on until seatbelts are fastened, and parents get a report card showing how fast, how far, and how many speed warnings their teenage drivers received. You can buy these products already in the aftermarket for as little as $200. Mass Track, Mobile Copilot, Motor Safety, and others. I'm Rick Edelman. You're listening to The Truth About Money. For more information on what you need to do now, go to rickedelman.com. That's rickedelman.com.
Welcome back to the Rick Edelman Show. Earlier in the program today, I shared with you that it is America Saves Week. And here at Edelman Financial Engines, we joined with the Consumer Federation of America, the sponsor of America Saves, and the Bipartisan Policy Center and the Funding Our Future Coalition to conduct a massive survey of American workers to see how well America is in fact saving. To further this conversation, I'm really happy to bring on to the program George Barani, the director of America Saves with the Consumer Federation of America. George, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate being on. It's always good to have you. Uh, George has developed savings programs for high schools and colleges around the country, in addition to being now director of America Saves. Let's take a, a step backward and help people understand the context of all this, George. Talk about the work that America Saves does. Rick, we've got an issue in this country of people not really talking about money in the most effective way possible, how to save it, how to manage it. And if we're not taught about this at home, people are out there on their own searching if they so desire, because it could be embarrassing to reveal mistakes, circumstances, and so this conversation about money is not very active. So we've created a national week where all Americans are encouraged, supported, ideally motivated to check in on their finances and do something positive, take an action step, create a plan, open up an account, set up automatic saving, open up an IRA, do something specific and positive to improve their financial circumstance. It's an unfortunate situation that is exemplified right now because of the pandemic, where so many people are suffering not only job loss, but not having emergency funds to meet their daily expenses. And we just need to have uh, a conversation in this country that's safe, that's supportive and non-shaming. And so all of our efforts are focused on that, whether we do virtual town halls as we did last year on several topics and had over 20,000 people participate in these, or we have, as you mentioned, distinct initiatives focused on young people to teach them how to save automatically with their first paycheck, or workplace savings initiatives where we encourage employers to be the message bearer and provide an opportunity for people to use particularly direct deposit to split a portion of their pay to save automatically and improve their financial circumstance. Yeah, the data that we had coming out of this uh, survey was really very sobering. 13% of workers say they've taken out payday loans, which is pretty much the worst kind of a loan that you can get. You're taking out a loan in advance of the anticipation of getting a paycheck. The loan is an exorbitant interest rate. And so it just spirals you down uh, into poverty. Uh, and the whole situation we found is really worse for women. Half of women feel financially insecure in this country. And it's also worse for minorities. Half of blacks and half of Hispanics say they feel financially insecure. So this is something that is extraordinarily widespread in America. And, and I think you nailed it, George, when you said that mom and dad don't talk about money with their children. You know, it seems these days mom and dad will talk about anything. They'll talk about politics. They'll talk about sports. They'll talk about the weather. They'll talk about religion. They'll talk about drugs. They'll talk about sex. But they won't talk about money with their kids. 
and the kids aren't getting a lot of financial education in schools. Less than 20 states require high school seniors to take a personal finance course. You're not getting anything in college either, and employers don't do all that much in most cases. So we're finding ourselves making financial decisions on a daily basis completely ill-equipped to make those decisions effectively. You're absolutely right, Rick. And that's why we're focused on the workplace as a tremendous opportunity to make a difference with people of all incomes, men and women alike, because that's where you get paid. And the majority of U.S. workers have access to direct deposits. The plumbing is in place. They just need to turn on the spigot and understand how this whole concept works. No employer ever talked to me throughout my professional career about how to save automatically through work. And employees want to hear that kind of messaging, want to take advantage of the opportunities that an employer can provide. There's just a gap. There's an information and motivation gap, and that's what we're trying to fill. And what we're discovering is something really interesting. When employees are asked, or just you know, Americans generally, forget the fact of categorizing them as employees, as adult Americans are asked the question, what resources do you trust for information that you can rely on? Employers rank extremely high. And that means employers are in a unique position to be able to deliver helpful information and services in a way that will be largely received well by their workers. And there's an opportunity there. Uh, We've been conducting focus groups in the state of Wisconsin with both small employers and employees. And the employers are willing to provide information and resources from a trusted provider, particularly if they're offered in an easy uh, way to be distributed. And employees are very open to the concept of receiving this information from their employers. So it's really about engaging employers and giving them the free, ideally, resources to engage employees. And I think we'd see a bigger uptake of employees, particularly saving for emergencies in this day and age. You know, this is a radio show devoted to personal finance, and and as a result, it tends to attract people who are more affluent. Uh, It's just a sad reality that we've learned over the decades of doing this radio show. I think, you know, people are active in sports. They tend to tune into sports programming. When people are focused on politics, they listen to political programming. And when people are into the subject of money, when they have a lot of money, make a lot of money, invest a lot of money, they listen to personal finance shows. So I kind of get it. So some of our audience, perhaps a lot of our audience is kind of saying, none of this really is relevant to me because I make a lot of money. I have a lot of money. I invest a lot of money. I have a lot of experience with money. And, you know, sorry for those other folks. I do wish I could help in some way, but this isn't really directed to me personally. But what I would say to folks who are affluent saying this isn't really relevant to me, odds are pretty high. You have members of your family, children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, people who work for you who are younger, not earning as much money, who are earning less than 50 grand a year. And according to our research, half of employed adults who make less than 50 grand a year say they are unable to save over the past 12 months. So what would you say, George? We're talking with George Barani, the director of America Saves. What would you say to folks about their ability to have a conversation with those who are struggling since you may not be struggling yourself? 
So the essential ingredient in all this is not to instill any sense of shame or wrongdoing. Because as you said before, Rick, I mean, financial education is not a requirement in all of our schools. And if parents are not talking about it at home, then we're left to our own demises around this. So that is an essential factor is the conversation has to be supportive. It can't be shaming. And if you can, instill some real simple basic strategies with the key being this whole notion of saving automatically. Because I would say the majority of your listeners who have 401ks have increased the wealth of those 401ks using that methodology. And it works for small, short-term and emergency savings just as well. So somebody taking 10, 20, $30 out of each paycheck having it automatically go into a savings account and allow that to build up can be of tremendous value in terms of keeping that person away from a payday lender or other predatory lender. And I think you're absolutely right about the shaming element. Um, instead, you can commiserate. I understand the situation you're in. You'd be amazed a third of the country is in the very same situation. I've just recently discovered that. And so I thought I might talk with you to see if I can offer you ways to help you given the situation that you're in and make it one of inclusion and comfort and hope instead of uh, the shaming or opinionated uh, approach. I would imagine that some folks would like to get engaged in a, a more heavy degree, uh, George. Uh, how could people, uh, if they're listening and want to get involved with America Saves and America Saves Week, how, uh, what should they do? How can they do that? So if you're part of an organization, an employer, a company, an institution, and you want to see those around you do better in terms of saving, then go to America Saves Week and sign your organization up as a participant and receive from us digital, virtual resources, information, tools, and strategies that you can impart to your people in easy, effective ways. If you're an individual, go to americasaves.org, take the America Saves Pledge, which is really the simplest of financial tools where you identify a savings goal, a dollar amount you think you can save on a monthly basis, and we'll support you through that whole savings journey with text messages, emails that are focused on your savings goals, that are supportive, strategies and tactics to help you achieve your goal, because we want to see you win. We want to see you save successfully, learn how to do it, and ideally, in our parlance, end up thinking like a saver. Because once you make that leap, think like a saver, then it'll affect your entire life and all the decisions you make in a positive way. That was George Barani, the director of America Saves with the Consumer Federation of America. Here at Edelman Financial Engines, we're very happy to be partners with America Saves. And in fact, if you would like to see the full survey results that we've produced as a result of this project, it's all available to you. Just go to rickedelman.com. George, thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Thank you, Rick, and have a great America Saves week. Stay with us for more here on The Rick Edelman Show, 888-PLAN-RICK, online at ricedelman.com.
author of the number one bestseller, Rescue Your Money, coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. Welcome back to the Rick Edelman Show. The Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia has just released a survey of economists nationwide. The consensus is that our economy is going to grow 4.5% this year. That would be the best year for economic growth in the U.S. since 1999. (laughs) Goldman Sachs says it's going to be even better, 6.8% growth, a massive number if that comes to be. We have to thank the fact that there is a huge pent-up demand of spending. I mean, we've been all stuck at home. We haven't been able to unleash our money on the economy. And once the vaccine is widely distributed and herd immunity occurs and people can get back to doing what we were all doing prior to the pandemic, well, you can imagine the unleashing. We also have incredible innovation continuing in development in America and around the world. And we're seeing a lot of it employed in dealing with life post-pandemic. I'll give you one issue that has been vexing a lot of people in the midst of this pandemic. Those who have problems with their hearing. If you have a hearing loss, COVID has made it worse. Oh, not the disease itself. It's the masks. When people have their faces covered, those who rely on watching lips move Well, you can't see the lips because they're hidden behind a mask. Ford is now working on making clear face masks that have N95 level filtration. It's the largest scale effort yet to produce masks specifically designed to improve communication while still offering medical grade protection. The new masks will be wearable and they're going to feature an anti-fog technology. You can expect to see them available this spring. I haven't mentioned prices just yet. Ford is also unveiling a do-it-yourself air filtration kit for indoor use. Think about this. An automobile manufacturer gearing up to create a product unrelated to automobiles. Kind of harkens back to World War II, doesn't it? When the automakers shifted from making cars to tanks and airplanes. There's another fallout going on uh, as a result of COVID, and that is the birth rate. In China, the number of babies born fell 15% last year to 10 million babies. Here in the U.S., we produce about 4 million babies a year. If China keeps that up, they're going to have a real problem as their population ages. One thing that isn't going to come back anytime soon is business travel. In fact, some are beginning to conjecture that business travel will never return to pre-pandemic levels, and we can thank Zoom for this. I mean, prior to the pandemic, we would think of nothing of getting on an airplane flying across the country for a one- or two-hour meeting. The amount of money that that would take, the amount of lost productivity due to the travel, it's not just a six-hour flight. It's really about a 10-hour trip, right? But, you know, you factor in from the time you leave your home or office, get to the airport, hang around in the airport, deal with security, get on the plane, fly, land, go through the airport, get to the hotel. It's just, it's an incredible waste of time. And what business is beginning to realize 
we can conduct business just fine by using technology. Bill Gates says half of business travel will never return. Bernstein and Associates says, eh, not about half, but a quarter of business travel is never coming back. Citigroup says the same thing. 25% of business travel is gone for good. Credit Suisse puts the number at 20%. Clearly, we're going to see a massive reduction in business travel. And that means there's going to be some impact in the travel industry and the hospitality industry. They'll figure it out as they shift to convention business and tourism. It's illustrations of how our economy won't go back to the way it was. It will reinvent itself for the future. I'm Rick Edelman. You're listening to The Truth About Money. Time now for everybody's favorite segment of the show, a visit by my wife, Jean Edelman, uh, with a degree in nutrition and consumer economics, expert in macrobiotic cooking. Jean's here for a weekly segment. Jean. Thank you, Rick. My segment this week, Everybody is a Star. My first vinyl album when I was a tween was Sly and the Family Stone. And the song that I played over and over was Everybody is a Star. I love you for who you are not the one you feel you need to be. So the song spoke to me of acceptance and just knowing I'm okay and I'm going to be okay. This pandemic has absolutely changed the world. I believe it has humbled us and together we have endured. We're finally on the other side, but hopefully together we've learned how connected we are and how much we need each other. With the lack of the noise and the busyness in our life, hopefully it has helped us to truly see each other and accept each other just for who we are, without judgment, without expectations. We are so important to our network of family and friends. Look at it as a web. And when we remember our pebble in the pond that I spoke about a couple weeks ago, and so that pebble we have to remember that pebble and how important we are and how we contribute to the world each day, even if it's just small moments of gratitude and kindness. Everybody is a star. And so my word for this week is star. And the S is for sincere, free of pretense or deceit, genuine feelings, something heartfelt. I feel like it's time to stop wasting our time on something or someone if they're not sincere. T is for transform. It is time to become that butterfly. We've been cooped up in this cocoon for long enough. It's time to spread our beautiful, colorful wings and show the world who we truly are. A is for affirmation, to assert, to declare, to proclaim what is us and what changes we want to make in our life. And R is for reflect, because when we find the quiet, we shouldn't fear our failures. We need to shine the light on our successes and let them be the foundation of who we are as we move forward into each day. Everybody is a star. We are here for a purpose. We are here at this time and a very important time in our world. And we are a part of this one amazing human race. And every day is a gift that we get to shine. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you, Gene. That's Gene Edelman here on The Truth About Money. 
Thanks very much for joining me on the program this weekend. And remember, when you need us, we're here for you. 888-PLAN-RICK, online at rickedelman.com. personal finance advice for over 25 years. This is the Rick Edelman Show. 